our project that we are working on uh, is run by Menzies School of Health Research. The project is um, has a title of co-design of youth-friendly, culturally appropriate models of care with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children and youth with type 2 diabetes. Quite a title. Uh, but what um, that is, uh, Sandy, is a project that we're working with youth and families that are living with type 2 diabetes. And I suppose the overall aim that we are looking at in this project is to improve diabetes knowledge amongst the youth and families, amongst the communities, uh, and build support networks and advocacy for those that are living with type 2 diabetes. And also uh, the co-design model, I suppose, is developing um, age-appropriate, culturally appropriate resources for those youth. How long has this project been going, Sue? This project, Sandy, um, is based across the top end of Australia, so not necessarily only in the Kimberley. Um, it sits within the Diabetes Across the Life course of Northern Australia Partnership, which is um, developed in partnership with Menzies, health services and communities across Northern Australia. And this project um, is in response, or that um, Diabetes Across the Life course is in response to concerns that related to the increasing occurrence of diabetes amongst Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and including youth. The project, um, our youth project, has um, been going since the beginning of 2021, 20, yes. Um, prior to this project, there was a, a previous study done that was in the Kimberley, which uh, uh, I suppose spoke to youth and family about their experiences of living with type 2 diabetes. And that was a qualitative study that was carried out, as I say, with the youth, with their families, and also with health professionals who were managing those youth with type 2 diabetes. Some of those findings um, have then translated into this project um, being carried out. And the findings that did come out from that previous study was that there was a limited knowledge of the youth and families about type 2 diabetes. What is it? They've heard about it, but don't exactly know what it is that's happening within their body. Um, there certainly was limited resources available for youth with type 2 diabetes, because historically, Sandy, type 2 diabetes was a condition that was um, associated in, for adulthood. And it's only over the last, since about the 1990s that there's been more and more youth that are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Hence, resources and education material aren't age appropriate and certainly not culturally appropriate for those that are living in Northern Australia. Cheryl, this is where you're valuable with sources you can contribute. You've been very much mediation between families and uh, getting the feedback to Sue, both collating the material yourselves as a liaison officer. What does that involve? Um, well, my role as community liaison officer, I guess, and I suppose having the connections all over the Kimberleys, um, I'm able to either engage with the organisations where there's youth involvement, um, but also just with families and stuff, I can get the word out there. 
and hopefully engage with families, the youth, and then try with um, recruitment and stuff. But, yeah, I think it's it's more... I think I sort of come in being a Kimberley girl so and having those connections, I guess, works works well. How long have you been involved? Uh, I only started this year in April. So just starting, but um, yeah. So going back to you and what's come out of some of uh, your findings, has it been surprising seeing the amount of cases of youth with type 2 diabetes? Um, possibly surprising, but certainly um, alarming. I think uh, be, having an understanding, or limited understanding, knowing type 2 diabetes, I should say, is that um, it can lead to quite chronic conditions later in life too. So if we're finding youth that are being diagnosed with it at such an early age then that, those chronic conditions are going to um, start occurring sort of in their 30s and 40s, which, um, you know, we're hoping to be able to prevent that. Um, the earlier findings also showed that there was a stigma and shame associated with um, living with type 2 diabetes and also a reluctance or a disengagement with health services to follow up with care for type 2 diabetes. So our project, um, we're aiming to work with the youth and families to co-design approaches that may enhance their management of their condition uh, through, um, as I was saying, educational resources or through... Um, health systems and support systems through health clinics too that are geared more towards youth rather than adults. Cheryl, has these findings surprised you as an Aboriginal person? Surprised me, yes. I've always sort of known it to be an adult sort of disease, not um, in the youth. Um, so yeah, it has, it has surprised me, um, especially when you look at the age um, where our age is targeted around a 10-year-old up to 25. So to think that, you know, this disease could happen with a kid so young, um, yeah, very surprising. How about looking back at the history when it comes to food intake and what people are eating out there? You've got that insight on what people are doing out there in remote communities and even in some of the larger towns. Are people utilising bush tucker as much as they have been doing in the past or is it very much a shift uh, towards places like McDonald's? Um, we're only sort of doing it around the Broome and Kananara area. Um, but when you look at, I suppose this is just me speaking from going home, I guess. Um, when you go to communities, yes, they rely on the river. They'll go, you know, looking for guana and stuff. Um, when you look at the shops, fruit and veggies, you know, meat and stuff is quite expensive. So, of course, they have to buy what they can afford. Sometimes that food isn't good for them, but... 
Unfortunately, the prices for food that is good for you, people can't afford it. Is that also a factor that's being looked at, sir? The pricing of food and the expense with the, the causes of type 2 diabetes in our youngsters? Um, not so much in this project, Sandy, but certainly it is a contributing factor um, in how people are able to access um, a healthy diet. And sometimes there are those social and, I suppose, geographical barriers that prevent people from being able to access you know, foods that may um, help them manage their condition as well too. Uh, we, with our co-design project, that is uh, maybe an area that may come up with our um, participants when we're doing activities with them as to you know, we may have discussions on diet and access to food and availability of food too. So, yes, it's, it, it is quite a contributing factor, Sandy. What has come up, Sue, as factors with feedback that maybe you've received? Feedback um, so far, I think, is the more so about the um, information uh, age-appropriate information being available and resources being available for the youth and family. And I think also uh, other feedback that has come back is information coming from um, how they can manage their condition. A lot of youth don't like being told, don't eat this, don't eat that. So perhaps it's made rather a case of saying don't eat, maybe we need to adjust what you are eating and make gradual changes because sometimes youth and, or people in general, you know, if we're told don't do something, it's you, your defences go up a little bit too. So it's how, how I suppose, um, management um, strategies are being approached towards the youth. Ladies, are you both going into schools at all, working in with schools? We're working more um, generally around the community itself. Uh, we are uh, in the early stages of recruitment, uh, recruiting participants into our project. And our participants are initially the youth who have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And that's youth aged between, between 10 years to 26 years, 20, sorry, 25 years of age. Also they're family members, um, guardians or carers or support person because those people are living that condition with the youth that has the type 2 as well too. So we want to find out their perspectives and their views of, of how they may feel things could um, be improved or enhanced upon to help them um, support that person with type 2 diabetes. And we're also working with health professionals who are managing their clients with type 2 diabetes. So at the moment, as I say, we are welcoming people that may have type 2 diabetes or have a um, are caring for or supporting a person. If they um, have an interest in this and would like to contribute to our project, by all means, we would love to for them to join our project um, and we can, yeah... Have a yarn to them. Cheryl will certainly do most of the yarning too. Yeah, what have you found out since you've been on board? Um, like I said, I've only started in April, so I'm still sort of 
learning as I go. Um, but what I can say is, I suppose my job would be I want to find out their story. So it's about them telling me their story and how we can better help them to live with type 2 diabetes. Not just them, but, you know, with the with their support, their guardian, parents, carers. Um, but it's about getting the information from them to give the health professionals and stuff their stories. So how could people join this project? What can they do to contact you? Yes, um, perhaps we can leave our contact details here with you, Sandy. We have um, um, an email that people can email Cheryl or uh, we have a phone number of which, sorry, I can't remember at the moment, but um, we can um, broadcast Cheryl's email address now. Yes, Cheryl? Uh, so that's Cheryl.Carter at Menzies. Dot edu.au.au, yes. Ladies, thank you for talking to me. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you so much, Sandy.